0: And welcome to Literary Merit, the show where we tell you what media has value.
1: Spoiler alert, it's all of it. Also, spoiler alert, we're talking some spoilers here about everything. I'm Ashley. And I'm Alex.
0: And I'll start by asking, what is new with you, Alex?
1: Um, I've been obsessing, like, to where it's a problem over the new Thor trailer.
0: <gasps> My heart stopped when I watched that. It's, well, like, apparently the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe is now Guardians of the Galaxy, and that's just alright with me.
1: Well, it makes sense, because they're gearing up for um the new... The Avengers. Infinity Crisis. Infinity War, Infinity War. yeah, yeah, Or whatever it's gonna be. And that's sort of out in the universe. So, I mean, it makes sense. But also, mm-hmm. like... Okay, I, I need to, like, break down every piece of that trailer.
0: But <laughs> Let's part, do it. Part that,
1: the part that's, like, the most sci-fi to me is there's just like a shot of these really um like boxy ships flying away. Mm. Yeah. And they're like they're like so simultaneously Star Wars but also Guardians of the Galaxy.
0: Yeah, just that real nice like retro sci-fi vibe.
1: Exactly. And and like I remember the first time I saw Guardians of the Galaxy, I was like, this is what I hope the new Star Wars is like. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's sort of that, that feeling where it's just so like perfect.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's like, it's almost, like, exuberantly science fiction.
1: Yeah, and it's not, like, ashamed. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're also doing yeah, the li- whole thing, like, Disney knows, knows what they're doing. They they also have a lot of practical costumes and stuff.
0: Yeah, and and it's just so fun to see Thor in those kinds of contexts, because in yeah, the because past...
1: He, yeah, he's, he's... usually... In Asgard, which is like this perfect yeah, he's got the um, fantasy
0: context, or yeah. like the Avengers, but to see it, him in this like science fiction, outer space, alien land is very fun.
1: It is, it is, because because all the other alien worlds he's been to in his other um, stories have been also fantasy.
0: Yeah, it's the it's the sort of Norse mythology adjacent stuff which exactly. makes sense. But like, yeah, let's get him out there into the rest of the world and see what that's got to offer. Yeah, this Planet Hulk business, I'm digging on. I like <laughs> it. Oh man, have you seen the um, the cartoon that's on Netflix?
1: I haven't. No. It's worth watching. I <laughs> add it to my queue. Yeah, there's
0: a bunch of really good Marvel. Uh, and, honestly, DC cartoons on Netflix that should be checked out. But, uh, um, oh, man. And Kate then Blanchett. also Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. Oh, my God! <laughs> She's so cool. Okay, wait, wait. So how familiar are you with, um, like, the Thor comics?
1: Like, not at all. Is?
0: I'm I'm only marginally familiar, but I'm confused because they're calling her character Hela. H e l. Or H E L L A. I don't know.
1: Wouldn't it need to be Helia? What do you mean? Because isn't Helia the the Norse name?
0: Well, see, the character, as far as I'm aware, is supposed to be the goddess Hell,
1: oh, okay. and it's just spelled
0: H E L, and she's like the underworld goddess. Um, so I'm not sure why they've. The name is changed. I, is it? I don't know if it's changed in the comics or if it's just changed for the movie. And they're like, "We well, can't say Hell, This is a Disney movie." But I mean, you
1: need to be careful though, because if as soon as you type in "hella" into Google, it's just Urban Dictionary and
0: uh-huh. slang, you know? <laughs> yeah, Northern California slang. I so I don't know what's going on there, but I don't really care because she's super cool and broke Mjolnir. So
1: okay, just like every like just. I can't. <laughs> her hair, her her makeup, her lips are like enormous <laughs> that she's gonna like eat the world.
0: Yeah, and you know what's cool? Cause there is actually a Thor cartoon on Netflix. I think uh-huh. it's actually I think it's Thor versus the Hulk. Interestingly enough, um, but she's in it, and I swear, like Kate Blanchett is perfect. She just looks exactly like this cartoon. She's oh, so perfect. cool and so perfect. I I couldn't
1: <laughs> stand it. <laughs> and then like okay and then the song like I've never been a huge fan of that song I mean it it's just so, never spoken to so me it's so right but then it spoke to me and, and then like as soon as they start singing and then mm-hmm. you get that shot of Kate Blanchett with, with her with her crown slash antlers turning and she's just like I, everything I, I have to do a shout out to my Facebook post <laughs> <laughs> or after watching the trailer mo- many times, I have to pull it up, because I have to say it the way I originally said it. Um, yeah. I think we can all agree that we would let Kate Blanchett murder us.
0: <laughs> yes. Asgard is dead, and that's just okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're totally happy with it. I mean, she can, yeah. <laughs> that's
0: fine. You can do whatever you want, Kate Blanchett. Kill Asgard? Okay.
1: That's all right. You, you know it's a big deal when, like, Loki having, like, a, a three-second... Uh, spot in that trailer means nothing. Like, everything else in that trailer was way better than that.
0: Yeah. I will say, though, I did like his little dagger flip. That was a good moment.
1: That was neat. That was neat. Uh, I liked but, like, it. It, just, it just paled in comparison to everything else.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know what? Like, Hiddleston, he always draws attention when he's on the screen. Blanchette's going to give him a run for his money. She really is.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then everybody, <laughs> and, then, and then Thor looks great with the haircut, too
0: yeah i wasn't so sure about it yeah i know that helmet's rad but like i was iffy when i saw like the the production photos of him without his hair and i was like what are you doing like your hair was getting longer and now we just cut it off but i like it i like it
1: it. It character but it definitely fits the actor he looks really Mm -hmm. good
0: well and i and i think it fits the circumstance like judging by what's going on there like we've got this space gladiator
1: yeah yeah
0: well, so,
1: what's up with you
0: <laughs> i have I have an embarrassing story to tell,
1: okay yeah
0: <laughs> a couple days ago, I almost got internet scammed. what? <laughs> it was a it's okay. I'm still not sure what they were after but they definitely were scammers. So I've been sort of job searching because I really need to be working full time. And I was on ZipRecruiter and I found this job listing for like a receptionist job and uh, you know, popped in my, my resume and I got a, text message rather than a phone call saying, like, hey, this is so-and-so from such-and-such company. We would like to schedule an interview with you. And I was like, rad, I'd love to schedule an interview with you. And they're like, we do our interviews on Google Hangouts. And I was like, huh, that's unusual, but okay, Beat's having to drive somewhere, I guess. Uh (laughs) So I I ended up scheduling. I had to get up very, very early uh, in order to have this interview, so... That was fun. Um, but so it went, you know, sort of like a normal job interview goes. They asked the usual questions. Um, and then they were like, okay, I'm going to pass this on to my HR manager. Please stand by. And then, like 15 minutes later, they were like, good news, you're hired. <laughs> and I was like, what? Like, after a 15 minute text interview? <laughs> okay, um, And then they started getting into stuff, um, like, you know, asking the the usual questions that, you know, would be asked upon hire. And they were like, okay, so this is a work-from-home position, and we'll send you a laptop to do your work on, and we're going to send you a check so that you can buy the other supplies that you need. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, this is moving really, really fast. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> it was very weird. I was like, like ah, didn't give me time to think, and that's what scammers do. They just want to sort of keep you off- yeah kilter so that you don't have time to think um and and at that point they still had not asked me for any sensitive information so that red flag didn't go up um and they were like here we'll email you an electronic check print it out and use your mobile checking to like deposit it so that you can make these purchases you need to and i'm like okay, what? Like, just already? What are you, what's going on? And like, and I, you know, they couldn't get my bank information that way. So I'm not really sure what they were going for. But I was like, this is really, really weird. And they're being very pushy and like, fast about this whole thing. And it's really weirding me out. So I was like, mm, and I got in touch with the um, hiring manager at the company that they claimed to be representing and they were like yeah nope that is not us (laughs) that we do not do interviews that way that's a scammer so i shut them down after that but it was just the weirdest because i'm i'm really not sure what they were trying to get for me because there's like a a check cashing scam which is a thing where they like send you a check and then they like ask for money back but i asked them like so are you going to be requiring any of these funds returned to you and they were like nope you don't need to give anything back so I, i do not know what they were trying to do
1: I'm sure they're, somewhere down the line they have an idea, but it's just, that, yeah, that's just really weird.
0: It was weird and elaborate. Like, I've never seen such an elaborate scam. So, yeah, they, they went on ZipRecruiter and, like, took down all the job listings that were claiming to be their company because they didn't have any listings up there on purpose. So okay, you, you did a good thing, then. I did. I woke up early in the morning and was inconvenienced by a scammer for the greater good.
1: <laughs> there you go
0: yeah it was weird though like it, it became pretty apparent after a while that like this person was not necessarily the most fluent English speaker uh, yeah. like syntax well, was slowly breaking down
1: <laughs> get, how how early you got up that's also an indicator I think yeah that might, that might be like time zone differences
0: yeah probably so I don't know it was really surreal though it was just a very bizarre experience but anyway that happened to me and that sucked <laughs> <laughs> but today I ate a big plate of nachos, so I'm feeling yeah, good. Yeah, I saw
1: your saw your Instagram picture after, after it was either before or after that picture of the you soaking wet from walking
0: Yeah, in yeah. God, what a bad couple of days it's been. <laughs> I was uh, worried.
1: I was like, because the closet that I'm in, like, it's got like one of those slanty walls because it's the roof. Oh yeah. And I was like, oh, I hope the rain doesn't get loud and they <laughs> can hear it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Gosh, northwest rain. But no, it's been actually a fine couple of days. I just had some weird experiences. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But um, why don't we get into today's topic? Um, We are talking about the sort of big hot issue at the moment, which is diversity and representation in Hollywood. And uh, you saw Power Rangers, is that correct?
1: Yes, I did.
0: Tell me about it.
1: So I went by myself because I just—I don't know—I didn't have the patience to wait for anybody to see it with me. <laughs> no and, shame. Well, because if you wait, sometimes you end up not seeing it, and I'm, I, that would have been disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought—I I mean, I had a smile on my face the entire time, so that—that's—that's that's uh-huh. a plus. There were some aesthetic choices I did not particularly like. Hmm. Um, it had some some ugly visuals. Uh, a but lot of other, movies have
0: pretty ugly visuals these days. Especially,
1: especially these days. Um,
0: well, and, and some, and and I, some movies just, only
1: have pretty visuals, so...
0: <laughs> my thinking on sort of the aesthetic choices that that movie seemed to make is that it kind of seems appropriate, if only because back in the 90s, like, Power Rangers was so much a product of its time you know it looked like the 90s it looked yeah. like the things that were popular in the 90s so i think this is going for the equivalent now
1: maybe yeah um i would say particularly when it when it comes to the zords um they look very much like transformers mm. i didn't understand the mastodon zord uh which is the black ranger zord yeah because um, in the original it was like a it was like a mammoth, right?
0: Uh, no, it was Mastodon. MASTODON! I'm like, but I don't, yeah.
1: Are, are they sim- aren't they similar to mammoths, though?
0: Yeah, they are similar animals.
1: Okay. Well, because in the new movie, it's like a Mastodon beetle, because it has six legs. What? And it doesn't have, like, a a trunk or anything.
0: Well, I mean, are the other zords just normal dinosaurs?
1: Yeah. What? I mean, it it, it looked cool, but I, I was just confused.
0: Like, the whole thing is like they're prehistoric creatures. Like, like they're dinos and a mastodon, which, you know, from a different era, but same concept, I guess.
1: I think it was just interesting because it was also the Zord that had the most screen time. Hmm. So, I don't know. I would, I would, I want to, like, look into that and see why they chose that. Because it looks cool, and I just didn't get it quite away. Like, right
0: away. The, um, Black Ranger was the Asian young man, correct?
1: Yes, yes. So that was, um,. They didn't publicize it, which I think was a really smart move. They weren't like, "We're doing the same thing the original show did, but not in like a slightly subversive racist way." Um, yeah,
0: not in the '90s way.
1: Not in the '90s way. Whereas, you know, if ever, I'm sure everybody knows, like in the in the original show, they had some diverse characters, but the Asian actress was wearing the yellow Power Ranger suit, mm-hmm. the black actor was wearing the black Power Ranger suit. In the new one, the Black actor is the Blue Ranger, Mm -hmm. and the character is so so close to the original Tommy. Is it Tommy? I forget. I get the name so mixed up. No, it's Billy. That's who it is. Billy, yes. Uh, Okay, okay. okay. He's so close. He's, like, I don't know, if Power Rangers were Zodiac or whatever, like...
0: Yeah, like, that's the vibe of the Blue Ranger.
1: The total Billy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, we should start doing that, like... Sort of a you yeah. know, maybe maybe it's gotta Such just be blue like a blue ranger. Yeah, it's like a, it's like the new sex in the city. Are you a Samantha? Are you a Yellow Ranger? Are you <laughs> That
1: is so yeah, exactly.
0: That's
1: <laughs> so good. Um, and then the Asian actor, he's the Black Ranger. hmm And then um, the Yellow Ranger, I I believe she's Hispanic. I'm not sure. Yeah, she's Latina. Latina, yeah. And she's I wish they would have spent a little more time on her. Um, because I felt mm. like she sort of starts off as, like, the stereotypical, I don't really like you guys, I'm sort of doing my own thing, like, yeah, that kind of thing. Um, and then they're red and pink, or, you know, they're the same, like, they're both white. Yeah,
0: and, um, and the Yellow Ranger, she's, um, she's queer, correct?
1: Yeah, so, at a pivotal point in the movie where they're trying to figure out how they, how they're supposed to transform in, into, you know, their armor... Um, I believe it's uh, the Black Ranger. This is Zane, I think, is the character's name. Yeah, oh, no, Zach. Sorry, he's like, you know, what? Maybe we should like get to know each other. Maybe that's what how to get it work. So they all sort of like start telling their their truth or their secrets, and she starts off by saying, just like her parents don't really understand. Uh, they sort of have high expectations of her, and then she's like, they sort of want her to have a boyfriend, and then. She's like, that's just not me. And then one of the other kids is like, what about a girlfriend? And she's sort of just like, I don't know. It, it's very, yeah, she basically, yeah. it's implied that she is, is queer.
0: Yeah, well, as much as it's, it's nice to have them actually say the literal words, implication is surely better than nothing.
1: And that's sort of how this movie functions. Um, even when... So, uh, early on in the movie, you find out that Billy has autism. Yeah. Um, or is autistic I should say. And he sort of, they don't they don't ever say the word autism. He just says, "Oh, I'm on the spectrum," which I f- I found recently that's like just the way it's sort of sewn into media. Like I, Yeah, I you don't too, ha- I was still watching
0: Hannibal.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, Will Graham's was- on the spectrum. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that, I guess that's sort but of like the.
0: He does actually say, to to Hannibal's credit, he says, "I'm closer to autistics and Aspergers than sociopaths."
1: That's true. That's true. But yeah, so that that's another sort of, I don't want to say like check mark box checked or whatever, um, but I th- I think that for the character it makes total sense and. Yeah, I mean he's, it's important. He's such. It's, it is important, and 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 one of my favorite things about it is it's like. None of nothing in the movie could happen without Billy. Mm. Like That's he nice. drives the plot forward for a majority of it. And I always say, especially when my mom likes make, makes like silly remarks about like vaccines or whatever. Cause she, I don't know. Oh, she no. she these Facebook posts and she'll say something. But I'll we don't like,
0: need to get into that one though.
1: <laughs> we definitely don't. But, but my sort of feeling is like people with autism, people with down syndrome, like they have so much to offer the world.
0: Well, yeah, they're just people.
1: They're just people, and they have talents and insight and opinions that are a lot of time we have no idea, we can't even like comprehend it. But it's it's well, valuable. it's
0: it's more that it's we just can't, you know. It's it's harder for that communication to happen. They, they you know, it's, yeah. it's just they, you know, someone may have a different way of communicating, and. You just have to, you know, make the effort to come to them and understand because they're just people and they just have thoughts and ideas and feelings and just like anybody. And I think it's important that we've got this representation now showing, you know, especially showing kids um, like on Sesame Street, this uh, this new autistic character that's, uh, gosh, I, I can't think of her name. Is it Abby?
1: No, Abby is is Elmo's friend, and she's been a character for a long time. Okay, yeah, then yeah.
0: Do you do you remember the the new autistic character on Sesame Street's name?
1: I don't know it off the top of my head, um, mm-hmm. but I, did I feel watch bad the, for forgetting. I did watch the clip on Facebook. Um,
0: but yeah, just you know, teaching people like, listen, it's it's not weird. It's just not what you're used to, and that's fine. Yeah. So I wanted to ask your thoughts because um, you know we were gonna. Eventually end up talking about Ghost in the Shell, inevitably, but um, adjacent to that, the character of Rita Repulsa is played by a white lady, and yeah. I wondered what your thoughts were on that.
1: So, um, I have a friend on Twitter, he's a he's a poet, he's, uh, I think he's at least half Japanese, and he was, he made a post on, on Twitter saying that he's he's appreciative of a lot of the things that Power Rangers is doing, but he thought it was at least a little weird that they took the original character of Rita Repulsa, who was Asian, and... Yeah, well,
0: I mean, because she was just the actress from the original show that yeah. Power Rangers was based on. Yeah, that, <laughs> that, they, that, that show that... that, that,
1: ripped that... Scenes from.
0: <laughs> yeah, the... Gosh, that was a weird time in television when we were just taking Japanese shows and cutting them up and <sighs> making yeah. them again.
1: Um, and I thought that was... I think a lot of people would probably see that as, like, Either nitpicking, or it's like a really small detail. But I think, especially for um, for Asian people, like they get so little representation in Hollywood. Yeah. That it would yeah. have been, it would have been really cool to see like a really badass Asian actress beating up the Power Rangers.
0: <laughs> yeah, that would have been. So is she is she like a sort of a an active antagonist. In this... Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, she is. She's not she doesn't just appear at the end. Yeah. She's actually like really violent like multiple times she has them at death like she's about to kill them. Yikes. Like, she's really scary and she I think Elizabeth Banks Banks who does play her. I think does a great job and I and I like Elizabeth Banks.
0: Yeah, I um, like her too.
1: But I think they definitely could have, you know,
0: made a smarter choice.
1: They probably could have either made a smarter choice or just like tried a little harder. I think she's she I don't think she's like the obvious choice for a villain, um but she was probably like I want to do this so badly that they were like, "Okay, yeah, we need a we need a, a hard hitter on the team since we're going to have a lot of newcomers."
0: Yeah. But they I mean, I don't know how large a part of the cast Brian Cranston is, but Brian Cranston's there. <laughs> he <laughs>
1: Barely okay. So,
0: what is of... Brian Cranston barely being in the movies that he's? In. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's
0: like, oh, well, let's do this Japanese import. Brian Cranston <laughs> be in it for a second.
1: <laughs> exactly, and that brings up Godzilla, which is in the scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's what I was referencing.
1: Um, because, and that's all about like they're in Japan for what, like fifteen minutes, and then it's all back to LA. <laughs> um, uh, so that there's a there's a prologue beginning of the movie that's like the the power rangers before these ones yeah and uh brian Cranston who plays uh um,
0: zordon.
1: zordon thank you um he was an original he's the original red ranger yes and, and he's then... like in this like weird alien makeup that's like sort of human-ish but not really
0: okay so previous power rangers were aliens
1: they were aliens yeah and they were sort of humanoid um and I, and from the looks of it I didn't get like a good enough look but it looked like they were all sort of different races of human of aliens which sort of fits into the whole different races of
0: yeah sure i, yeah. Mean, I mean you know it- um. <laughs> I don't know about different but, species versus just different, you know, skin colors, but, you know, yeah, I get yeah, it. Yeah,
1: that, that gets into a really messy, dangerous... It's,
0: it's a really, little weird. weird. It's a little weird. Yeah,
1: but it's, it's sort of like the whole Guardians of the Galaxy, or just, like, a lot of sci-fi do, like, a, a band of different species.
0: Yeah. That. No, I'm with it. It's Honestly, I just think it's funny. It's like, yeah, we have this diversity of alien species, uh, but this round, let's just do humans.
1: <laughs> well, and, you know, I I don't know enough of what they're decisions were, but it could have... They could have all been the same race, just different looking, too. I don't know. Um, but, we
0: know very little about Power Rangers lore.
1: Especially this part, where they're just, like, making stuff up. Yeah. But anyway, he's in the very beginning, and then he, like, fuses with their spaceship and becomes Zordon. Um, and he's kind of a real, like a huge jerk. <laughs> like, he's always like, you guys need to learn how to transform so that I can the ship can get its power back and i can come back to life
0: ah oh, so it's a selfish cuz i i i remember zordon in the cartoon or not not the cartoon but the the old tv show um just being like rangers go do the thing now i'm yeah. the wizard of oz like <laughs> he didn't really have a thing but Gosh, you know it so was a very simple show honest also, I, I, I feel it's important to point out, like, The Power Rangers is still a show. Like, it's still airing. I don't know anything about it.
1: <laughs> each season, it's it's usually, um, well, it's usually like one or two, one to three seasons long is each, like, segment, and they're, each segment has its own new rangers and their own, like, theme for what their uh, zords and costumes are gonna look like. So, right now, they're back at dinosaurs, but in the past, they've done ninjas, they've done yeah. Cars, done... Well, like
0: I've sort of observed it from afar, you know, seeing yeah. the the action figure aisle and being like, "So that's what the Power Rangers look like right now." Interesting, exactly. but I like I have yeah. no idea what is going on or any <laughs> any continuity <laughs> within yeah. the Power Rangers. But I suppose it's all sort of irrelevant to the movie. The movie seems like it's just sort of like a new Power Rangers iteration.
1: Yeah, it's sort of like a a, a rethinking of the original.
0: Yeah, that's what it seemed like.
1: Not a continuation, of any sort. Um, but one of the articles that I found while we were discussing this topic was um, it's on Inverse.com, and it's called "Power Rangers and the Realness of Poor Asian Americans."
0: Yes, and I read it, that, and that was really interesting.
1: Yeah, and I think it's uh, so we're going back to Zach, who plays the Black Ranger, mm-hmm. and he sort of comes in about a third of the way through, and they all sort of happens happen to meet up in the same place and only two of them three of them know each other um but he's there and he's sort of like this cocky sure of himself very physical character and the article talks about how a lot of asian or asian american characters especially in movies are sort of portrayed as like intellectual and
0: yeah yeah you've got the stereotype of the like honor roll asian
1: kid Yeah, and and they were pointing out that he is is not that, you know, he's very... His family is struggling. Yeah, and that's another thing, like, a lot of, again, stereotypical portrayals of an Asian family, or Asian American family, is, like, either upper middle class, or, I would say probably upper middle class, and they have... Yeah, usually. They usually have, like, a lot of... I don't know, just a lot of, it's, 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 it's just sort of very stable. Yeah, sort of
0: and, the, the white collar lifestyle.
1: Yeah, yeah, where they, and, but this, in this case, it's, it's just him and his mom who is, um, dying. Still, yeah. She, yeah, and she's dying because he, he, he makes a comment at a point where he's like, she's dying and I have absolutely no idea what I'll do when she's gone. And that's like, for A, a kids movie. <laughs> Yeah. that's, that's like a big deal it's heavy but it's also i don't know it i think it just, yeah, i just yeah i just thought it was yeah. really cool that they would not adhere to stereotypes i don't know that's yeah
0: yeah like, no no that, that they're them. they're showing They're i mean part of representation is well-rounded representation like you can't just represent a whole you know race of people in america based on like this sort of popular stereotype like that's that's barely representation if that's all you get it
1: yeah um i kind of wanted to just read one quick little paragraph um, because i felt like it was like a a a good sort of some summation of of everything we're talking about Um, yeah and
0: we will um also just put some links in our show notes uh because obviously we can't just like we can't describe these articles in a good enough way. Like, people should just read them on their own, but we'll do our best to sort of give you the gist of what we're talking about.
1: Yeah, especially because a lot of the things we're talking about um, are things that we don't know about. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I'm- yeah, exactly. Like, full disclosure, I am a white, cisgendered, uh, bisexual woman in a heterosexual relationship, so I've got a lot of, you know, face value privilege going on here.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, so... and. And so that's why I, we we really wanted to try and get this subject a little bit more
0: attention.
1: Attention, and we wanted to be really detailed with with sort of stuff that we can point people to because we don't know necessarily what we're talking about. We're just sort of yes. showing showing what's going on.
0: Yeah, I read a thing that someone more qualified wrote. <laughs> exactly.
1: Exactly. Um, but here's the little, here's the, the paragraph. Um, the superhero genre which traffics in fantasy fulfillment is primed to Usher Lynn's Black Ranger and a new look at the complexities of Asian American life. In the shadow of Iron Fist and Scarlett Johansson and Ghosts in the Shell, Power Rangers has become the unexpected dose of oxygen for an audience suffocating under labels and invisibility. Zack is a rebel charging into action with heart and brawn over his brains, flipping stereotypes on its head, and proving that there are other ways of Asian American, for Asian Americans to succeed without cutting off Asian culture. And so yeah. that sort of, you know, brings up a lot of the other elephants in the room. Um,
0: yes. But, but also
1: sort of, you know, sums up how important Zack is.
0: Definitely. Um, and it mentioned uh, Ghost in the Shell, which I would definitely like to, to touch upon. I, I found this really, really fascinating article um, on The Verge uh, called Ghost in the Shell and Anime's Troubled History with Representation uh, written by Emily Yoshida. And um, gosh, because I've been kind of mulling over the implications of just... Making an American Ghost in the Shell movie in the first place, uh, and who to even cast in it? Like how do how do we even go about this? And um, she eventually seems to sort of come around to the conclusion that maybe it just doesn't even work to cast a living human in this role. <laughs> uh, like, maybe you just can't adapt it into live action because yeah. of this really complicated history uh, of anime. Uh, so she she talks for a long time about sort of how anime came about stylistically. Uh, in short, it was made to appeal to foreign... Uh, markets especially Americans like that that visual style is sort of based around the Japanese exporting toys after World War Two and their own sort of historically Japanese style uh, of creating characters just wasn't that appealing to um, white people. <laughs> they was too Japanese looking. And so they started looking into Disney and other, you know, popular Western styles and saying, like, okay, well we'll just do that. We'll just make characters look kinda like that. And, you know, early anime is very, very, very heavily influenced by Walt Disney. Um and so it's sort of this weird thing where Japanese people don't necessarily view anime characters as being Japanese.
1: I think a lot uh, of people I've spoken to, a lot of white people I've spoken to, feel the same way. Uh, yeah, they, they they're like, oh yeah, it's, supposedly they're Japanese characters because they live in you know Japanese cities, but they they're I don't know. People always remark about how oh they don't look Japanese or they don't look you know.
0: Yeah, and 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 it's because they're not supposed to. They're you know they're supposed to look like Cinderella. To be
1: like, yeah, the the everyman sort of thing. But yeah, hair.
0: sort of. <laughs> you know, every man with spiky hair. But um, it's a really, really fascinating look at, you know, the, the this journalist talks about sort of asking people in Japan what they think of, you know, a white actress playing this character um, of uh, Motoko. And they're like what, like, they don't really even understand the question. You know, pe- they, they're they asked, like, do you think that these characters are being whitewashed? And they're like, what? Like, what do you even mean by that? And they're like, well, we get, I guess we just figured, yeah, a, a white actress would play that role. Like, obviously. And they, they don't have a problem with it in Japan. So it's
1: just, like, a non-issue?
0: Yeah, and, well, I mean, I think that that, that makes a lot of sense, because they don't they don't have a history of non-representation. You know, like, they're... Japanese in Japan and so all you know on TV it's all Japanese people and you know in their movies it's all Japanese people no so it's people not a... them
1: out of their movies
0: Exactly so like it's it's a it's an issue for Americans and Asian Americans in particular in a way that it's okay. just not an issue for Asian people in Asia and that makes a lot of sense so when people say like well the Japanese are okay with this it's like well they're not they're not the people we should be asking. They're not the people in question. Like we're, we're not talking about taking, you know, we're we're not taking roles away from Japanese people in Japan. We're taking roles away from Japanese people and other Asian people in the United States. Yeah. More interesting parts of this article. Yeah, she sort of ends up concluding that especially because the character, you know, she's not she's not even she's not doesn't have a human body like that's sort of a big plot point <laughs> is that her body is is synthetic and she's in fact supposed to be a very standard model she's she's a mass produced cyborg um and that you know as the concept is that that helps her sort of remain inconspicuous which is a great thought when you know you're living in a world where Robots and cyborgs are ubiquitous. You want to be the cyborg that no one's going to notice if you're out there doing crazy, you know, special detective stuff. So, like, maybe, I mean, maybe Motoko is sort of... Because when you watch the anime, um, the people who aren't, like, normal humans, you know, the enhanced humans, the cyborgs, the robots, they look different. They're drawn differently than the people who are you know basically cyborgs and humans look different because the cyborgs are like made to look nice made to look special you know they're not they're not constrained by what an actual human looks like and so like maybe maybe Motoko really ought to look more like an anime character like just like a like a real living anime character
1: that just reminds me of their original idea to they did screen tests with
0: Oh, well, yeah, trying to make her look Asian. Trying to
1: make her look Asian with either makeup or or special effects. And, and, and that was that the
0: wrong way, thing to do. That,
1: that's not how you make it more anime, but, like...
0: And I, and I don't... Well, yeah, like in fact, that, that almost makes it less anime, right? Like, if yeah. anime characters are supposed to emulate Western cartoons, why would making Scarlett Johansson look like a Japanese woman make it look more like anime?
1: And and how would that,
0: uh... Make anyone happy? <laughs> make
1: anyone happy. Like... <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Like no yeah, worst of both worlds turns out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and,
1: but on but on the topic of uh making her less human looking. Yeah. I I would shudder at like a complete uh CG character.
0: Yeah, that would be weird, too. And and I think that's why, eventually, the writer just comes to the conclusion, like, I don't know if I can even picture this character as anything, being played by but, an actress at all.
1: Yeah, anything but animation.
0: Yeah, and it, honestly, I think that there is something to that. Maybe anime can just stay anime. I know that in Japan, they do a lot of live-action adaptations of anime, and they're welcome to do that, and they're, they're fun times. I watched the Death Note movies. Oh boy, that Netflix <laughs> Death Note, I don't know about <laughs> another, that. Another... Yeah, footnote. Note. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but the, the, the original Death Note movies, and it was fun, it was interesting. I mean, it's a thing they do in Japan, and that's fine. Um, but, like, it's especially weird for, like, an American audience, for for Hollywood to take this thing that doesn't belong to them, and clearly they don't seem to really understand super well, and just say, well, let's just adapt it. (laughs) Maybe it doesn't need to be done. I think anime is fine just staying anime.
1: Yeah, and, like, Ghost in the Shell is not obscure by any means.
0: No, I'd say it's, like, like, second only to Akira, as far as, like, notoriety goes.
1: Yeah, like, why do you need to make it, like marketable and mass-producible i don't know it's just it's already successful like I don't, I don't yeah know.
0: It's... it's already a thing like i don't know and and it's a i have very complicated feelings on it because i also believe that you know adapting things is a cool and interesting and worthwhile thing to do but i'm just not sure that it's in this instance really very relevant or appropriate
1: yeah, and I, I I remember seeing the trailer for the first time and I was like, there are some really cool visuals they've tried to do. Almost um almost fifth element esque. Or, yeah, or, or, or even Blade Runner, you know, they're very similar.
0: Well, <laughs> that and it's funny that you say that because so much of the cyberpunk genre yeah. draws on the original Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. In fact, it's it's kind of funny. It's it's sort of like Alien, the movie Alien. How like you go back and you watch it, and it feels so cliche. But that's just because everything that came after it, it was just drawing from it. Yeah. <laughs> but who did direct um, this film version of Ghost in the Shell? Oh, Rupert yeah. Sanders. I don't know who Rupert Sanders is, so let's so never mind. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. So uh, Rupert Sanders directed it. He uh, is known for. Snow White and the Huntsman
1: (laughs) okay so I like that movie but again that one's like really random choices for a remake
0: yeah yeah it's weird at least he has a little bit more sort of claim over that story (laughs) culturally (laughs) (laughs) and they're still working on adapting Akira I mean here's really the thing about anime is it's almost like they want to remake it in live action as though it's like, yeah, we'll do it bigger and better, but it's like, no, can't animation be sort of the end goal? Like, can't that be the thing that it's meant to be? It's not like, I mean, it it almost seems like people approach animation as being inferior to live action. And so it's like, Oh, ghost in the shell. That's so good. We should do it in live action.
1: See, and, and my, my, argument against that, against people that are like that, is yeah. imagine a live action spirited away.
0: You know, there are some now, people who would think that off. that would be cool. It would that, suck. It, it's a terrible the, idea. That
1: is the but, most like, horrific thought I can imagine right now. But
0: conceptually, I bet there are a lot of people that would think that would be such a cool concept because I think it's ingrained into people that like that is the superior format. And so they'd be like, "Oh man, can you imagine it? Wow, it would be so cool." But no, it wouldn't be so cool because the original is perfect. It's perfect and it doesn't need to be changed. It is and I think these these things that we're talking about especially are so essentially animated. It's yeah. it's part of what they are. It's it's crucial to the product that it is animated.
1: Yeah. There's there's no like Reason it shouldn't be anything else.
0: Yeah, it's it's made to to be that way. And
1: and I think another way to a, a sort of way to look at it is like a lot of um, uh, Japanese animators and uh, artists, manga artists, their dreams were to be animators and, and artists. You know, like, yeah, that's uh, they worked the their whole lives to make these beautiful works of art, only to have them shipped overseas and have people want to like make them not. Make something else out of them. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's it's a weird compulsion.
1: And, and yes, and they envisioned them in their minds as animation and drawn art.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm a big I'm a big nerd for animation. Like I love I, I love comics and I love cartoons. It's in fact I probably watch cartoons more than I watch live action media. <laughs> like I really do. I'm I'm fascinated by it. I, you know, as a as an artist myself, you know, it's it's so inspiring to see these things. Um
1: I love animation because you can do things that no other storytelling visual storytelling can do.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, some brought up and, you know, <laughs> there are some jokes to be made, but ultimately, like, you know, it doesn't cost more to draw a giant alien armada than it does to draw a small room with a chair in it. Like, it's, <laughs> you, you're not constrained by, you know, budgetary capabilities. You couldn't, I mean, obviously, animation can be a very, very costly, and time-intensive thing to do, but ultimately, it's not really going to. To cost more to set anything or do anything.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's so cool. But then of course, you know, when a when a comics writer is like, Oh yeah, it's it's great because I can just tell my artist to draw anything, and the artist is like, damn you. <laughs> that page took five hours. But <laughs> um I think another, you know, before we sort of wrap up, another uh, sort of franchise that's doing some very interesting things, um, as far as representation goes, uh, for for good and for ill, is Marvel um, to bring it back around uh, with their with their sort of Netflix series because we've got, of course, um, Jessica Jones, which is a really fantastic and thoughtful portrayal of post traumatic stress disorder, post traumatic stress. Oh gosh, just really chilling um, and. Fair representation of a a, a survivor of abuse, mm-hmm. and that's super duper cool. And now they're gonna be, you know, and then they've got Luke Cage, which is Luke Cage. <laughs> it's so good, and uh, and then of course we've got Iron Fist. <laughs> yeah,
1: and and I know of Iron Fist um, because in I think it was probably my last year of college, we were just looking for something to watch on Netflix when you end up watching, like, a young Spider-Man and Friends show. Um, okay. And he was one of the, like, friends. So that's that's my experience with Iron, Iron Fist. Um, but Yeah,
0: well, and the thing, I mean, people say, like, well, Danny Rand is a white guy. Um, and it's like, okay, well, first of all, um, that doesn't matter. <laughs> 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 like, we can cast whoever we want to. I don't know that it's necessarily crucial to the character, that he be white. (laughs) But, and people say, like, well, because, you know, we're getting into Orientalism, it could get really hairy if we've got an Asian guy playing this very stereotypical Asian character. So to have a white guy, we mitigate it. But it's like, okay, well, how about we fix the other direction? How about we take him and we make him Asian and we fix the racist stuff?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I think, I'm pretty sure, I haven't watched the video since I watched the first time, but um, on Facebook there was a Vox video talking about... uh, Scarlett Johansson and talking about, I believe it was also talking about, um, Iron Fist and it, it brings up the whole sort of dicey, you know, what do we do? Do we just keep it the way it was originally and have it be racist or do we have, do we go the other way, you know, and Mm -hmm. there's, there's not necessarily a solution. Um,
0: Well, part of the problem with Iron Fist is that it just wasn't very good, patently. Like, (laughs) like whoever they would have cast in that, like it was just a poorly written and cruddy show. So
1: they they honestly should have cast the guy from Arrow who plays Green Arrow because it's the same show.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But better. (laughs) It's the same show, but better, and much better. Uh, yeah, no, it, I, Iron Fist was really, really terrible. And the, the guy who plays Danny, whose name I've forgotten because he's a forgettable man, uh, <laughs> he was defending... He was, the- <laughs> he was saying how he feels like part of the problem with people responding badly is that people don't want to see a show these days about a privileged white man. And it's yeah. like... Okay, but listen though, but listen though, everyone's favorite Avenger is Iron Man. So like they're they're basically coming from the same avenue. The idea of like, yup, I'm this white boy who inherited my daddy's fortune. Um except Tony Stark is a character who he he does work hard and he you know he he did make himself who he is you know he's benefiting from his privilege but he's working hard and he's he's earning things whereas it never feels like danny earns anything at any point <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't he you know tony he he builds these things and he's a genius and Danny is just a a guy who got some magic powers because he crashed in an airplane. So it's like, oh, boohoo! Yes, yes, you crashed in an airplane, and that's terrible. But you cannot ride on that forever. That's not good enough. So, like, I I think that it's a I think it's a a, a cruddy defense, because, no, I, I I, mean, we've got plenty of, of privileged white guy characters in the Marvel universe that people love.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and I don't remember if it was the Vox video or if it was just somewhere on, on Twitter, um, but I think somebody suggested at least a potential, not solution, but, you know, a, a difference that they could have done is, like, have a woman of color play Danny.
0: Fascinating idea.
1: Because i sure you might not get through past the the flaws in the original story, but at least it's not, you know, the privileged white male lead, you know?
0: Yeah. And, and, like, nobody cares about Iron Fist. Like, nobody... (laughs)
1: Yeah, if anything, that was the one you could have been the most creative with.
0: Nobody cares about Iron Fist. And, you know, like... Yeah, this 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 idea of, like, well, you know, it's, it's a character that's just really reeking of Orientalism, so to make him played by an Asian character might exacerbate that. Um, and that's what they did with the Mandarin in Iron Man 3, for better or worse. Um, and, yeah, like, uh, my response to that is the same. Like, uh, you know, you could, yeah, that's one way of doing it, but I think that the, the sort of more thoughtful and ultimately productive way of doing that is to make the character Asian, but not in a racist way. Yeah. <laughs> That's not, easy to maybe, fix.
1: <laughs> maybe maybe hire uh Asian American writers to do the whole thing?
0: What a novel idea! But
1: where would you find those people? I don't think they
0: exist. I think they're a myth.
1: Definitely not in Hollywood, not trying to make a buck, you know?
0: No. There's none of those are out there. No
1: struggling artists, no, you know
0: No young up-and-comers, nobody who deserves a shot. Right. Uh <sighs> But, yeah, uh, so so Marvel's got sort of a mixed bag going on these days.
1: Yeah, and and I don't, again, I'm not the person to come up with a solution, but I'm happy no. to support a solution that others deem worthy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> smarter um, people actually, than us have thought about this yeah, a lot.
1: Yeah, um, smarter people than us have thought about it, smarter people than us have talked about it. Um, we're just... I don't know. We're just
0: trying to trying to wade through this. We, <sighs> trying to want, wade through.
1: Well, here, here we want better literature.
0: Yeah, give me better stories. Give me more and, interesting yeah. stories.
1: By having more diverse stories told, literature and readers of, and viewers of literature will benefit, and not just as readers or viewers, but as people you will benefit
0: absolutely
1: I don't know where that came from but that was pretty (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: yeah, you got yeah (laughs) very thoughtful astute comment there Uh, but I'm reminded of this great quote from Whoopi Goldberg from the fantastic documentary (laughs) Trekkies Uh, she's, because Whoopi Goldberg is a long, long time fan of Star Trek, and she was actually inspired, or at least, you know, sort of the, the, it's implied that she was inspired to become an actress herself because of Nichelle Nichols in Star Trek. She, She tells this story about how when she was little, she was flipping through the TV and Star Trek came on, and she saw Nichelle Nichols, and she was just... Astounded, and she she shouted, to "Her mama, mama! There's a black lady on the TV, and she ain't no maid." And I love that story, uh, you know, because it's it's so important for for children, for people growing up, to see people like themselves doing all manner of things.
1: And it's also important for children to see people unlike themselves.
0: Yes, yes. Well, it's, it's important for white children to yes. see people <laughs> unlike themselves. One I think, <laughs>
1: particularly white children, but I think also, you know, um, people that are different races can benefit Seeing, from yeah, other yeah, because, for sure. You
0: know, white people just need to take a back seat for a while.
1: Yeah, because we benefit from racism, so we need it the most, but, you know, other people, <laughs> yeah. can, other people can be prejudiced, um, yes. which is not, point. not great, but... You know, they don't necessarily benefit from that, but, um, but yeah, Not we, like all, we, do. we really all need to just see each other doing yeah, things. We need to see each other and believe each other. Yes. Oh um, boy. But, but bringing up Star Trek, um, I, I was, on the whole topic of Japanese American and Asian American actors, uh, George Takei.
0: Mm-hmm. Love him.
1: You know, he was in Star Trek. Um, he he had a, a great documentary i don't know if it was on netflix or if it was just for netflix or i think i watched it on netflix but anyway the the documentary is called to Be to k
0: yeah i remember and, that coming out
1: and it's about him it's a you would think just based on what we know about him that it would probably be more of a uh, a documentary focused on his sexuality but honestly it's really, well he really went
0: good. F- his family went through a whole lot in world yeah. war 2
1: the documentary is mainly focused on his his heritage and his his struggles in Hollywood, and his struggles, you know, in in Japanese internment camps. Um, mm-hmm. So that's just another example of we really need to just listen to each other and and see more stories and and give uh, like Star Trek did, give more actors chances.
0: Yeah, and I and I, I think that it's fair to say that. As time has gone on, we've only gotten better and better at that, but there's obviously still a very long way to go before anybody should feel satisfied.
1: Yeah, I would say there's uh, a great wall.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you. (laughs) All right, well, I think that might cover it. What do you think? Anything else you wanted to touch on before we say goodbye?
1: Um, I don't think I had anything else. That does it for today's episode. Thanks for listening, everybody.
0: And thanks to Jonathan Colton for the use of our theme song, Fraud, from his album, Artificial Heart.
1: Until next time, remember No Guilty guilty pleasures. Pleasures.